This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. All right, guys. So we are now in chapter 19, talking about a chapter entitled Sons of God. And J.I. Packer opens up with a very important question, that is, what is a Christian? And he says on page... Uh, 200, he says, the question can be answered in many ways, but the richest answer I know is that a Christian is one who has God the Father. Kind of opens up this chapter with, I love the way that he frames that, and just kind of thinking through as we talk about what does it mean to know God, what does it mean to be a Christian, the significance of seeing God as our Father. And he says uh, on page 201, the gift of sonship to God becomes ours, not through being born, but through being born again. So my question is, as we think about what it means to be sons and daughters of God because of the grace of Jesus Christ and what he has done, how does this influence the way that we see ourselves and see our faith? I think there's a really deep and personal connection when we think through the relationship of a father to a child. Mm -hmm. And, um, And we even have like this visual representation of actual adoption, which happens with human Mm. children. Um, And so I just think that we, it kind of elevates it to this, this place of um, personal loving, there's like affection, Mm -hmm. just that language that Packer talks about, that um, familial language, and that it should be something that we really treasure and like Mm -hmm. hold dear yeah certainly and it just really speaks to like the personal nature of our faith that right jesus already became man to be like us but then even further like as he calls god father so we are able to Mm -hmm. and only um those who know christ can call god father it just becomes really like the faith becomes intimate with Mm -hmm. god perfect word yeah, I like the word that you said too, Amanda, treasure, because I feel like that ties well with what he says in the beginning, the richest answer. I think, mm-hmm. you know, so often in ministry too, as we work in ministry, we're really, we want to see people come from spiritual death to spiritual life. And so we share the gospel and we preach the gospel and we make the gospel the center of what we do. But it's not like we just want people to believe the gospel and then move on to the next person who doesn't 
believe. We, mm-hmm. we want them to understand the impo- implications of the gospel. And really what J.I. Packer's trying to do here in, in, in this chapter is slow down and say, you know, and he goes on to kind of talk about like the significance of justification, but the privilege of adoption, he kind of says like, mm-hmm. it, you know, the highest privilege is, is what Packer argues. But just helping people understand too that when you are saved and when you're in the Christian faith, that you're not only just given this kind of pass that often people think of just like, okay, I got a pass to eternity in heaven. Okay, I'm good. Let's move on. But you're actually like brought into this family and you have this newfound relationship with the Father. You're moved from a spiritual enemy to a part of the family. And uh, Packer says something I think really strong too, just to even show this is how important he really views this in fitting into the Christian faith. And on 201, he says, our understanding of Christianity cannot be better than our grasp of adoption. That in fact, this isn't just a nice thing to know that makes you feel better and helps you go through the, the troubles of life, but this is actually an essential thing for us to understand uh, as we grow in our faith. So kind of as we look and reflect on this, I think we should just kind of see the the uh, priority that, you know, Packer's laying out in front of us. So he, he, he really kind of tracks it through the storyline about how this works, and he talks about in the, in the New Testament, because of Christ's work, we have an access to God that looks different than everything else that we've seen leading up to that. We now can cry, Abba, Father, to, to quote the scriptures. And um, he says something on page 203 that I'd like us to think about. He says, to those who are in Christ, the holy God is a loving Father, and they belong to his family. I'd like us just to kind of pause here and say, and think about the implications, not just to the Father, but the implications of the family piece. How, how does this impact us as church members and people who are part of a Christian family. Yeah, I think it makes it very meaningful and deep to be um, to be a part of a family in that way. Like it's very significant. It's not like I just come to church on Sundays, I take in the sermon, I worship and I and I leave. It it reminds you that you're surrounded by brothers and mm-hmm. sisters and that sort of deep love. Like I, I was also thinking as you were talking a moment ago that near the beginning of the book, we were talking about the misconception of like this stoic religion that's mm-hmm. just very serious. And and I, and I think that this kind of also helps break that down because <clears throat> within a family, yes, there are many ups and downs, but you are always united mm-hmm. throughout. Um, and so I just think it can, it just brings beauty to life. Um, I think it's just a, a wonderful reminder that, um, we are a big part of this Christian community. You're part of the local church. You're part of the global church. And your mission is great. And you are surrounded by fellow heirs, by brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, by other children of God. Um, there's something really, really special about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember now almost two years ago, Beach Weekend, the whole study was on mm-hmm. church as a family. Um, and so I really got to look into that and just to see how like Jesus speaks about it. So when they say like, your mother needs you and he says, who's my mother, but these and my brothers and my mm-hmm. sisters, like he's talking about people who are following him who are now believers. So it like he deemed every member of the church as important as his, you know, mother on earth, mm-hmm. um, which I just think is really cool. And to know like, Though we're not 
biologically connected, we forever will be a family. And so that really like binds us with a link that is closer than anything else. It's closer than any other relationship if they don't know the Lord. If you know the Lord, you have the one thing in common that you will for all eternity. Yeah, Yeah. eternity. Yeah, that's strong. And, uh, you know, Packer doesn't spend much time unpacking this, but uh, no pun intended. Um, But, you know, I think that it, it does allow us to just better see ourselves as we see God as the Father. We more appropriately see ourselves as children and brothers and sisters and the implications we could go on and on, but just something to think about in, in, in retrospect to this. Another thing I appreciate that Packer does is he talks about, you know, just because people have had poor earthly experiences and they don't have great examples to draw from on earth, um, that God has revealed what his fatherhood looks like. He doesn't leave us to look at earthly examples. He actually shows us and reveals to us through his word and and through the scriptures what that relationship should mean. I think this brings a lot of hope for students because so many of our students truthfully come from homes that are broken. We all come from, we all have sinful fathers and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I am a father and I am a sinful father. I'm incomplete. And no matter how mature and how much any man drives and tries to be a great example for their kids and a great picture of God's you know, what, what our relationship to the Father looks like, we fall short. And Packer, I think it's just great to, to sit here and reflect on how we are not left to speculate what that relationship yeah. looks like. What, what did y'all think when you were kind of reading that section? I thought it to be pretty powerful because um, I don't think I came to the table with the thought of like, oh, if someone... Um, grew up without a father or maybe just had like a traumatizing experience or whatever the case may be. I didn't think that like, oh, that would cripple them or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. handicap them from experiencing God to the fullest. But but, but reading through that, um, I think it's valid just to think through, but also like how amazing it is that we have the gift of a perfect father and we can separate that from any earthly experience. Like Mm -hmm. even someone who grows up with a wonderful father Mm -hmm. is still sinful, like you said, Hunter. And so, um, it, it's, it's really encouraging. Um, I think it's, it's something that we can, we shouldn't forget to, um, ponder. Yeah. I, I like to right after that section um, on page 204 into 205, he talks about in John's gospel, uh, our relationship with God as the Father implies a few things. The first thing he says is the authority. Um, we've talked a lot about that so far in this kind of working through this book, just the authority that God's Word and God himself has over his creation, but also like a father has over his children, you know. Um, and then the second thing I, I wanted to slow down on for a moment, he talks about there's an implied affection and, and he, uh, he pulls together two verses out of John, John 5.20 and then John 15, uh, 9 through 10. He says, the Father loves the Son. And then he quotes, he says, the Father hath loved me. I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. You know, I, one of the books that I read um, during my quarantine was a book uh, by Dane Ortland called Gentle and Lowly. And it talked about Jesus's love for sinners, but also Jesus's, you know, love for us. What does that mean? Because we are sinners. And he talked about oftentimes when we think about God reaching out to us, we think about a child reaching out to touch a snail, that it's like a disgust thing. But yet that's not the posture of God's heart. Like he's, 
he's lovingly reaching out to us. We get this picture in the prodigal son, that parable in Luke, that the son is walking up to the father just in a state of disgust, you know, and, and um, the father sees him, runs, hugs him, kisses him. Like this, th- that God does show affection and loves us. And I think sometimes we miss that. As you guys kind of reflect on that, how, how did you feel like that tied into the presentation Packer's making? I just thought that it was really powerful because often, I mean, as a guy, like affection isn't a character trait that is normally like talked about as being something mm-hmm. that you should be, you know, as a guy or even as a dad that, you know, really like people push that off to be like a motherhood quality to be mm-hmm. affectionate, which mothers tend to be more affectionate, but just like to know that our father has affection for us in a way that, like you said, isn't like how we would probably think of ourselves. If God is holy, he probably thinks of us in having some sort of disgust towards us. And he does have disgust towards sin, but toward us, he has affection and Mm -hmm. he has love. And it was just really helpful to think through that because I think I often can so negatively like think about my relationship with God Mm. in the way that I don't think, you know, maybe he doesn't love me because I, you know, continue to sin. Um, But I just, I appreciate him just taking a second to write on the fact that he has affection for his children. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, well, his knowing that he has perfect affection for us um, also was making me think of how, how we should work to have affection toward others. And so mm-hmm. for men specifically, like that does play out differently because it's not always comfortable. Mm-hmm. And most men are not like raised t- to be incredibly affectionate, mm-hmm. especially outside of the family. But yet another reminder that we're in the family of God mm-hmm. and that affection should be true of us. Yeah. Um, and then just the perfect picture of, of fatherhood with authority, perfect authority, perfect affection, fellowship and honor that, all of our fathers, you know, fell short in at least one of those areas, um, but that we have our perfect heavenly father mm-hmm. um, who executes all of that and is just the the picture of um, affection that we should attempt to, you know, reflect in our daily lives. Yeah, and he also talks about, you know, that there's an implied fellowship, which we've kind of discussed and just throughout this book, and then also an implied honor that comes with that. If, if you turn to page 208, he says something that I think kind of ties into this too, and just thinking about our relationship with God and in the family of God. He says, uh, he's talking about 1 John 3, 1. He says, we do not fully feel the wonder of the passage from death to life, which takes place in the new birth, till we see it as a transition, not simply out of condemnation into acceptance, so not just our salvation, but out of bondage to destitution into the safety, certainty, and enjoyment of the family of God. This is kind of what we mentioned where it's, you know, you're not just being brought from spiritual death to spiritual life, but you're being brought from an enemy of God into the family of God. And and there's three words that he uses here. He says safety, certainty, and enjoyment. Mm -hmm. I think the same way that we don't all have great relationships with fathers, you know, we also don't always see family as something enjoyable. You know, Mm -hmm. some people are listening to this and undoubtedly there are people who that has not been their familial experience in life. What does it mean to enjoy being a part of the family of God? 
I think that just comes out in so many ways. Like, um, it looks like enjoying the like brotherhood, sisterhood of the church of having, you know, our eternal family, um, enjoying being in the word, learning about God as part of being in his family as he's our father. And we want to learn more about him. I think it can really come out in a lot of different ways that will be more understandable and fulfilled when Jesus returns. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I'm, my mind was going like a couple different ways with that, but like as a church, um, in our local church, we are proud of like the accomplishments of our church and, mm. um, you know, like we do service projects, we raise money. I think just like knowing that we've contributed, but that we're a piece of like this greater, this whole um, local body is really beautiful. And then it also was making me think of um, our city group, like on the smaller scale, sometimes the enjoyment is that we are able to relate to each other really intimately. Um, Like you can like enjoy that, we can cry together mm-hmm. and and grieve together when someone is going through something very difficult but we can also like celebrate so joyfully when there are great things happening in the lives of our brothers and sisters um there's just something that is i think a lot of people long for that but they don't think that christian community will necessarily give Mm -hmm. them that um but like from safety certainty and enjoyment it's like we once we know we're in a safe place like we there is stability in the family of god Mm. because our father is 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 perfect in every way um it's like we can meet those needs have that like healthy attachment style Mm. and understand that our brothers and sisters are not perfect, mm-hmm. but we, because we're in the family of God, we're given certain commands and how mm-hmm. to love them. And, and it results in a lot of benefits. And that is, includes like enjoying their company, enjoying learning together. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about Hank. Yeah. And I just think about too, just enjoying seeing the relationship that we have with God and our position with God as something that we can enjoy. And I think so often we think about prayer and scripture and all the things that come with that as mandatory things that we need to do for marking maturity. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job unpacking in this that like those are privileges we get because of our relationship with him. And those are things that we can actually, those prayer can become enjoyable for the Christian. Scripture reading can become enjoyable. Christian community can become enjoyable. And I think that also foreshadows a lot of hope. You know, he also talked about certainty in that passage, and he unpacks a bunch more things, but if we if we actually turn right now and just check out uh, on page 223, one of the things that he talks about is our adoption gives us the clue we need to see our way through the problem of assurance, that when we see ourselves as children adopted into the family of God through faith, through Christ's work, that there's an assurance that comes with that that so many people are longing for. Just as we kind of close out thoughts on this chapter, why do you guys feel like this is so strong to end on as as Packer wraps up this section? I think that, like, faith is it's pretty dull, and it's pretty sad if there's no assurance at the end of it. That's why we focus so much, you know, on our justification, having been justified from our sins being sealed eternally by the Holy Spirit in the Lamb's Book of Life. Like, if there's no assurance, then our faith is just like, it's cold. We don't really know at the end of all of this, will I be okay? But we know 
And we can be assured that once in the family of God, through repentance of our sin and justification, like we're with the Father forever. Mm. And it brings faith to life knowing that there's nothing that we can do that will separate us from his love. And that's, I mean, that's really like where faith comes alive. And we see people do very radical things for the kingdom of God because they realize there's nothing that I could do in this life or that could be done to me mm-hmm. that will separate me from the Father. Yeah, great answer. Um, I don't have much more to add. I was just thinking of how like even human, us human mothers and fathers, we have we have our children and like an average healthy mother or father would never abandon their children. Mm -hmm. And then, so how much more can we say about, you know, our Holy God Mm. that he will not abandon us and he will not let anyone, um, pull us away. And, and so I, I especially think that that is, it's extra, reassuring when Mm -hmm. we have that those times where we feel like we are falling short uh, we are not maybe we're not conquering sin Mm -hmm. um in a timely manner or we're just feeling really weak Mm -hmm. just maybe we're just feeling human um but to know that god will not forsake us in Mm -hmm. the in those moments and that we actually like our identity is in him it was making me think of like you hear um, you know, remind your, don't remind yourself who you are, but whose you are, that you mm. belong to God as mm. a child of God. Yeah, I think even for me, thinking about being, you know, a, a son of God, being a father has even deepened my, you know, understanding of that in so many ways. And, you know, this time last year, we're about to have Parker Ray's birthday on the 26th. And I remember holding her for the first time and just the the love and affection that I have towards my child, even as a finite human who's filled with sin and selfishness and doubt and fear and all of the different emotions. Um, and just to know, wow, like we are loved by our father, that Jesus says that we are in his hand and nobody will pluck us from his hand. And that God's love for us in order to for us to be in this family is so great that he would go through the means of the cross. So what a great reminder. As you think about being sons and daughters of, of God, that we can have assurance, you know, not because of our actions, but because of the character of God, who he is and his love for us. So we will see you guys in the next podcast on chapter 20. 